ticket. It's a new year and health is on my mind and my friends at Simply Earth are helping me to live the healthiest life I can. My home is one step closer to being toxin-free because I made these amazing recipes with my friends Simply Earth and their essential oil recipe box. You have to try this, all right? You invested all this money maybe in essential oils that you aren't using. Uh, Do you have essential oils sitting around unused on your shelf? Do you have essential oils, but they always confuse you? Well, Simply Earth is the solution. Their essential oil recipe box will help you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils to help make your home toxin-free. Here's how it works. You receive a recipe box with four pure essential oils, six recipe cards, and all these extras. You learn how to use essential oils while making the recipes created by certified aromatherapists. You save money and you detoxify your life. Now, here's my favorite part, though. I'm going to get essential oils, but I love getting my essential oils from a company who's changing the world. This is a company that when you buy your essential oils from Simply Earth, Simply Earth gives 13% of all its profits to end human trafficking around the world. How amazing is that? So I hope you'll check them out. Here's the deal. Essential oils, listen to this, would cost over $100 from other companies. But with Simply Earth, the essential oil recipe box, you get four pure oils, six recipes, extra ingredients, all for only $39. And when you subscribe, you get a free big bonus box with even more natural goodies. Using essential oils to support your wellness doesn't have to be overwhelming. Have fun making your home toxin-free with Simply Earth's essential oil recipe box. Plus, get a free 80 milliliter essential oil diffuser when you subscribe using our URL, simplyearth.com slash west. A free 80 milliliter essential oil diffuser when you subscribe using our URL, simplyearth.com slash west. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West. And as always, I really hope you like it. Thank you for joining me today. I'm blazing through the beginning of this new year. We didn't work our way up to speed. We have started at a million miles a minute here at the Story House. Been writing a bunch of songs. Just had my friend Tasha Layton over, wrote a song together. And uh, lots of good stuff here. Hope your hope you're New Year's off to a great start. I've been enjoying kicking off the new year by diving into the God who stays with you. I hope you're joining me along. I hope you're getting ready to join in and dive into this next chapter. It's a pretty special one. So we're going to have a great time today. But first, I want to remind you, we are just weeks away from the release of uh, a pretty big project for me. It's it's a double album. It's my first ever double album, 22 songs. I've never done something like this before. I got 22 songs coming your way, My Story, Your Glory, and I hope you'll pre-save it, pre-add it wherever you stream music. You can also pre-order an autographed copy that will come your way from MatthewWest.com. But uh, it's something I just can't wait to share with you. My story, your glory coming. And then the, the very next week, we begin our spring tour with special guest Mac Powell. The My Story, Your Glory tour is headed out on the road. Go to MatthewWest.com for all the ticket information. 32 cities. They told me some of the cities have already sold out. So I hope you guys will get your tickets. There's some VIP experiences available as well. And I hope to see you on the road. So My Story, Your Glory, this is a big season for me. It's been exactly three years between album releases. Brand new came out February uh, of 2020. And here we are. 
in February of 2022, my brand new album is going to be coming out. Can't wait to share it with you. Of course, later on in the show, we're going to showcase one of the songs from that album that's already been released in Songs from the Story House, a song called While I Can. So stay tuned for that. And uh, thanks for listening today. Uh, without further ado, we're going to go to the Story House and uh, read chapter three. I hope you'll join me if you've got your book, open it up. Uh, if you're just driving along or at work or whatever and want to just soak it up, I hope these words will speak to your heart just like they did from me. This book means a lot to me, The God Who Stays. This is my story, and uh, I hope it'll speak to you today. So let's dive in. Chapter three of The God Who Stays, Life Looks Different with Him by Your Side, is titled, God Stays with His Plan. You could also title it Minor League Dreams versus Major League Plans. I'm just old enough to remember the days when you needed a paper map to get to places you'd never been before. I remember those first road trips I took from Chicago to Nashville when there was no such thing as Google Maps, Waze, or GPS. I used to roll my eyes when my parents would start a sentence with the words, back in my day, as in, back in my day, we had to walk through a foot of snow just to get to school, and it was uphill both ways. Well, I can't believe I'm actually about to say this, but back in my day, <laughs> we didn't get a heads up about future traffic jams. Bumper-to-bumper traffic was just a fun surprise. We didn't have a voice telling us that there were hazards reported ahead, and we could easily speed past a police car resulting in a ticket. We didn't even know ahead of time if a road was closed. We just enjoyed taking a scenic route off the interstate when it happened. Way back then, there were songs about how life is a highway. Remember that one? Life is a highway. And we knew what that meant because our road trips were real adventures and sometimes just as unpredictable as real life. These days, I can't even imagine how I would get by without my navigation apps. As a musician, I've spent thousands of hours touring America on a bus each year, and I've started to take for granted that we'll always know how and when we will get to our destinations. I guess most of the world has gotten used to relying on our network connections to show us the way. Until they don't work, of course. Until something goes wrong and our maps won't refresh. That is a pretty good metaphor for what happened to the entire world in early 2020, right? Talk about having a Jesus-take-the-wheel moment. We all had that big road trip called 2020 well-planned out, and then everything went sideways. There were no clear directions to get us out of that mess and no plans that weren't rerouted. I had all kinds of new dreams on my roadmap, and I know you did too. We all went from a new year rolled out in front of us like an open road to being locked down. From on time to indefinitely delayed. My work was canceled and the very future of the music industry was in serious jeopardy. But as hopeless as all that sounds, I also understood that I was one of the fortunate ones to be able to say that I was with my family, healthy and safe at home. Still, none of our plans seemed to work for our new situation. There was no navigation app for this. I felt completely lost, and it brought up some serious doubts for me about the God who stays. Basic questions like, is God still in control? Is he surprised, just as surprised as we are at all of this? Was God watching our lives play out like some M. Night Shyamalan movie saying to himself, wow, I didn't see that one coming? I remember hearing the same phrase from all the news reporters that we were living in unprecedented times. I often thought, when can we all just go back to some precedented times? But I also knew from the Bible that even the wild days of pandemics and natural disasters were precedented. 
I would often think about Jeremiah 29, 11, because it is one of my favorite verses. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. It sounds upbeat because it is such a divine and hopeful promise, right? God has plans for you and they are good. But as I went back and read that scripture in Jeremiah, I was reminded that the promise was spoken to Israel during their own unprecedented times. When the people of Israel first heard about this promise of God's plans, they were in exile, which is a nice way of saying they had been conquered by a brutal army and forced to move to another country to be slaves. Kind of makes a worldwide pandemic sound like a breeze. But right before that great promise, God also told them they needed to be prepared for 70 more years of slavery and oppression. That kind of plan was hopeful and discouraging all at the same time. If I were an Israelite, I'm sure I would have responded to God's promise in that famous verse with, Lord, I love your idea about the plans to prosper me and give me a hope and and a future. All that is so good. Now, if you can just change that part about 70 more years in slavery, I think we'll have a deal. Honestly, we don't have to look too far back to reveal tough times like we've endured recently. The reality is that difficult times have come and gone throughout history. As I've traveled through the country, I've met the most amazing people. And I could tell you story after story of lost jobs, terminal diagnoses, grief, life-altering accidents, broken relationships, tragedies, and major setbacks that left good, faithful Jesus followers saying, Lord, what in the world is the plan? Times when the navigation apps for our lives no longer work. Honestly, these kinds of situations, whether they are personal, national, or global, leave us desperately searching for proof that God still stays with us in our lives. What do we do when our plans have been sidetracked, derailed, or unraveled? Does God really factor things like a worldwide pandemic into his plan for us? Was God still in control in all this chaos? On top of everything going on in the world, what did God want me to do? Was he giving up on his original plan for me to play music? I remembered in the Bible when God's people were traveling through the wilderness, they would stop to build altars whenever he would do something for them. They weren't just building these to honor God. They were doing it to remember God's faithfulness. They built them so they would never forget that God had a plan. I suddenly had a lot of time on my hands as I sat down to write to think back on my life. I thought about that last show I was able to play the evening before things shut down, and I wondered if God had plans to ever let me play in front of people again. Maybe I just needed to remember that God had already done in my life so many amazing things to bring me where he wanted me to be. I was missing the little things that had been taken from us during that time, like getting a decent haircut, going out to a restaurant, or seeing my Cubs play baseball. And that made me remember the early years of my walk with Jesus, right after that Billy Graham sermon had changed my life. I thought back to my 13-year-old self who had just started following Jesus. When I had a much different plan than God did, I realized that I had minor league dreams, but God had major league plans. God's plans are always greater than ours. When I think back on my plans for my life now, they seem kind of silly. I could still remember sitting at my high school English teacher's desk while she lectured me about some of my missing homework. Let's just say I wasn't super concerned with my grades at the time in my life because I thought I had better options than school. She was worried about my performance in her class, and I was only half listening while I looked through my backpack for just the right folder. As she was still talking, I finally found it. My life plans. I opened the folder and slid an important piece of paper across the desk to her. 
I wish I could tell you that it was a missing homework assignment or one of those write this life lesson 100 times apology letters that teachers used to make you do when you got in trouble at school, but it wasn't. It was a newspaper clipping that I had cut out at home and always kept with me. It was a Chicago Sun-Times article that listed the best baseball players in the metropolitan area. I proudly pointed to the list as if it were an excuse for my poor performance in her class, a counter to her argument that I needed to turn in my homework on time. You see, right there in that news clipping was yours truly, me, the one and only Matthew West, listed as the number one first baseman in the entire Chicago area. And at that point in my teenage life, it was all I thought I needed because baseball was my plan. I suppose it's obvious how well that worked out for me. I often say from the stage during my concerts, I don't want to brag, but I was an incredible baseball player back in the day. In fact, I was such a great baseball player that now I stand up in front of people and play a guitar and sing for a living. I thought I'd be swinging a baseball bat. God saw me strumming a guitar. I thought I'd have a glove in one hand and a ball in the other. God saw me with a pen and paper writing songs and books. I was the boy who would watch Cubs games in my basement, dreaming about playing first base in those clean white uniforms with the royal pinstripes at Wrigley Field. The reality is, the closest I've ever gotten to professional baseball is when I was invited to sing the national anthem for a Cubs game in 2015. As much as I'd like to think I had something to do with my Cubbies 2 to nothing win against the Giants that day, I was watching the first pitch sitting in the stands of my favorite baseball stadium. And I think all Chicago fans probably say a special thank you to Jesus that I didn't play first base for the team. But isn't it funny to remember the things that we had planned for our lives and compare them to where we are now? I would never have imagined back then that I would grow up and play music as a job. And I bet you could have never convinced this pastor's kid that he would grow up and do ministry work. God had a plan that was much bigger, bolder, and ultimately way better than mine. Sometimes the best things in life are the plans that don't work out. When people talk about the highlights of their lives, you'll often hear them refer to the best thing that ever happened, as in meeting my wife was the best thing that ever happened to me. But I can't help and think about the best things that never happened. I often talk about the dreams that don't come true for us and the fact that rejection is never really rejection when you know who the real author of your story is. When everything seems like it's falling apart and all our plans are failing, it helps to look back and see that God doesn't waste his time with minor league directions. His destinations are always big league. In those moments when we see our plans falling apart, God sees his plan falling into place. We can't always see God's plan coming together. This time reflecting on my own story reminded me of how important it is to trust God. And trusting God when I can't see the plan has always been a big challenge for me. Maybe it is for you too. I am a self-diagnosed control freak and I don't like it when I can't see where God has taken me. Maybe you can relate. One of the things I've noticed in the Bible is that God's people often lose sight of the truth that he always stays with his plan. In Exodus, when Moses was leading Israel out of slavery, God put on a shock and awe level, big budget action movie kind of miracle show. There were staffs turning into snakes, locust and frog infestations, a river turning to blood, and that was just the beginning. God parted a sea and drowned the best army on earth, and then he provided a pillar of fire at night and a cloud during the day to make sure his people didn't get lost in the wilderness. All these huge miracles revealed to the Israelites that he intended to stay faithful to his plan. Yet they still kept forgetting to trust. 
Israel was just a few days removed from witnessing these miracles when they began to lose their cool with Moses because they thought he had led them out into the wilderness to starve. In fact, the Bible says they preferred to go back to Egypt. As crazy as that sounds, sometimes we can act the same way. I can see God move in a powerful way and then a week later question what he is doing. Perhaps it's human nature to lose trust that God has a plan. I found it helpful to spend time remembering and being grateful for how God has worked in my story. God was paving a way for a plan I couldn't see. I wasn't a great student, and despite my newspaper shout-out for baseball, I never received a single scholarship offer. But God had a plan for me according to the way he designed me, even if I couldn't see it. Interestingly, I never paid attention to how involved I was in singing as I was growing up. I sang in church. All the senior citizens at the retirement center we visited at Christmas time used to tell me I had a beautiful voice. I had the lead role in the sixth grade Scrooge, a critically acclaimed church musical performance. Okay, maybe there wasn't so much critical acclaim. Still, I was always a reluctant member of the choir. Mrs. Mahalik wouldn't let me quit despite my best efforts. And when we put on choir performances, I didn't practice the songs. I would just show up and sing. I didn't consider music a part of the plan for me until I had to find a way to pay for college. And my choir teacher suggested that I audition for a scholarship in the School of Music. For the audition, I was supposed to sing a classical piece. I arrived and sang the tenor part for Handel's Messiah. The catch was that I sang it like I was a Boys to Men member. <laughs> I was doing it R&B style, and all the classical professors, the classical music professors, looked at me a little confused and concerned. When I was done, they asked, so you like pop music, right? I was sure it didn't go well and that there was no way I was going to get the scholarship. But God had a different plan. They somehow liked what they heard, and I guess they thought I had potential. Talk about a miracle. I was offered a scholarship. I spent a lot of time alone in my room my freshman year of college learning guitar chords and writing songs. Even though I wasn't a baseball player anymore, I did live in the same dorm as the athletes. I didn't really fit in with the kids in the music program because I wasn't a classical musician, and I didn't fit in with the athletes because I wasn't on a team. I was uh, lonely that year, to say the least, but my dorm room became my studio. After a few months, the guys in my dorm began to ask me if I would play songs for them out in the lobby, and then I started to receive invites to play my songs at fraternity events. I was as shocked as anyone that people started to show up and watch me play and sing. One of my favorite music professors even teased me about my songwriting. He said, you really love to write songs about the two G's, God and girls. I've always remembered that comment because after all these years as a musician, it's still true. I still find myself writing songs about God and songs about my three girls. I was invited one night to play at a big party at the Teak House. Late that evening, they cleared the dance floor and wanted me to come out with an acoustic guitar and play songs I had written about God. There in the dingy, beer-soaked basement of that frat house was the first time I truly realized what God was doing with music in my life. I was singing songs and ministering to people. Looking back on my life story, it's funny to see how God's plan and how it was so different from my plan. I was a pastor's kid who never planned to go into ministry and dreamed only of playing baseball. And as clearly as I can see God's purpose and plan looking back now, there is no way I could have understood it as I was going through those experiences. We don't always see what God is doing behind the scenes of our lives. We just have to trust. This truth washed over me as I sat alone writing in the story house, wondering what would happen with a pandemic raging in the world outside my door and what God had next for me. 
as simple as the next right thing. Years ago, I wrote a song with my friends Casting Crowns called Thrive, and the lyrics say it's time for us to more than just survive. We were made to thrive. Listen, we know that life is tough, right? There are always days where you feel like you're just surviving, but God created us for so much more. He created us to thrive. I've got an opportunity for us to learn top strategies for finding peace, joy, and hope from home. In the next seven weeks, you could increase your mood and functioning, establish healthier patterns, learn to give yourself grace and forgiveness, be more productive, be more positive. You can thrive. At Foundations Family Therapy, their mission is to help families do just that, to thrive. It's a Christian-owned mental health practice, and uh, Foundations was started 10 years ago with a mission to help families thrive, and they believe that families are a central pillar in our society. Foundations helps clients feel hope and joy even in the midst of some of the toughest seasons and trials that you're going to face. Listen, we know that one-on-one counseling may not be doable for everyone. So Foundations has created an online course that you can do anytime and anywhere. From Surviving to Thriving is a self-paced online course taught by a licensed marriage and family therapist. This course can help you get unstuck, move forward, and feel hopeful in the midst of stress and challenges. It should be noted that this is not a substitute for professional mental health care. And if you're in need of mental health care, you should seek out a local therapist in your area. Listen, I always want to tell you about things that I think can help you get to the next place in your life. Take the next steps. You do not have to feel like you're just getting through each day. There's no better time than to start a new year, to stop surviving and start thriving. Check out our online courses to start out 2023 with hope. With promo code WEST25, you will receive 25% off any course registration. Visit the link in the show notes to get started today and make 2023 your best year yet. I thought about one of the heroes of the Bible who never seemed to know exactly what to do or what was going on in his life, yet he just kept being faithful by doing the next right thing. Joseph was thrown into a pit to die by his own brothers, but God used that moment to rescue him and take him to Egypt, where he gained power and influence. Though he ran into all kinds of trouble, he never lost hope. He just kept doing the next right thing. He was wrongfully accused and thrown in jail, but God used that situation to put him in a position to interpret dreams for the king. He gained favor with the king and was placed in charge of the entire kingdom. Joseph went on to rescue all of Egypt from famine. But the best part of the story is that those very brothers who left Joseph for dead came to Egypt during the famine looking for help, and they didn't even recognize him. God used Joseph to save his brothers and his father, the people who would become the nation of Israel. As you read the story of Joseph, you realize that there is no way he could have seen God's plan for his life as it was unfolding. He just showed up to each situation committed to being honest and faithful. God had designs and plans for Joseph to save his family the whole time. Whenever I read that story, I wonder what God has in store for you and me that we just can't see. Maybe God wants us to keep doing the next right thing and rely on him. And what if God has a plan for you like he did for Joseph to accomplish something that only you were designed to do? Fingerprints, brains, and the walking miracles we are. 
Science backs up the truth that we are all uniquely made. I read an article recently that said every single human being on the planet has their own distinctive fingerprint that is completely unlike anyone else's. And scientists have also discovered that our brains are as unique as our fingerprints. Did you know that no two people in the whole world have the same brain anatomy? Explains a lot, right? We are wonderfully made, just like King David wrote in Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Verses 13 and 14. If we are made that uniquely, then isn't it obvious that God would have a unique plan for each of our lives? This makes me think of my buddy William. I met him before a show in New Mexico at a VIP meet and greet. In a line of about a hundred people, William walked up to me with a big smile on his face and said, I heard you like stories. Well, I'd like to tell you about my miracle. I could tell that he didn't have use of his left hand and that he had a slight limp when he walked. He struggled with his speech as well, but this 13-year-old was determined to tell me what God was doing in his life. After suffering a series of life-threatening strokes as an infant, the doctors told his parents that he wouldn't make it, but he did. Then the doctors had told him he would never walk. They also said he wouldn't talk. And now, William is a high school student who uses his own story to help and encourage people. And he sees it all as part of God's plan. Yes, those doctors told William he would never walk, but God had a different plan for his life. And one Easter Sunday, after he gave his testimony, William dropped the microphone and ran a lap around the church auditorium. He told me he got a standing ovation from the church that day. How can you not cheer when you're witnessing firsthand evidence of God's faithfulness? He is such a remarkable kid that I I always wonder what God has planned for him next. He was so inspiring to me that I had to write a song about him. I called it Walking Miracles. William is like a modern-day Joseph story that is still unfolding in powerful ways. God made William like no one else to accomplish a plan that he had for no one else but William. Sometimes I forget all too quickly what God has already done in my life when I come to a place where my plan doesn't seem to be working. Who was I to be so despondent about what was going on in the world after God had been so faithful to me? God's plan wasn't clear as the world was shutting down around us, but I look back on those quarantine days now and see how blessed I was that my family was protected. I couldn't see what God was doing. While I was busy wondering if I would ever play music again, God was bringing people into my life to start a podcast that would reach 2 million listeners for Christ. I also began a Wednesday devotional time that allowed me to encourage people every week, connect to their stories, and join them together in praying for one another's needs. I wrote a song about the pandemic that was a hit on YouTube and made people laugh and smile through some pretty difficult times. And I also began writing this book. Of course, none of these things were part of my original plan, and none of them could have happened without the rest of the world being put on hold. I didn't see any of this stuff on my roadmap. The most important part was that God used this unplanned wilderness time to show me why he stays with me, to remind me that even in the most confusing circumstances of life, he has a design and a path specifically for me. Maybe God's plan is to get us home to him. Long before Jeremiah was delivering important messages to the Israelites about God's plan for them, there was a powerful message delivered to Jeremiah about his own life. God said in Jeremiah 1, verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. 
So before the world ever needed his words, God made it clear to Jeremiah that there was a plan and a purpose and a specific design for his life. How powerful is it to consider that when the world goes haywire, when all our direction apps fail, God is simply staying with his plan. And it isn't something he came up with on the fly. It was a plan designed before you were even born. Only when I take the time to look back over my own life, both the silly moments and the profound ones, can I see where God was working behind the scenes, through the people around me in every circumstance, even a cab driver in New Jersey singing my song back to me. The world was experiencing the real sensation of being lost in the wilderness on a big scale. But I had been there before in smaller ways. I guess when you work in full-time music ministry, you can start to confuse God's design for your life with your own work. You can start to find your own ways to measure God's plan. You can start to measure life with your own maps. Is the crowd big enough? Is my song number one on the radio? Am I speaking to enough people about God? How many people came down to the altar call last night? But when everything is quiet and stripped away, when you can no longer do the things under your own power that you assume are part of God's plan, you learn something even truer about our God. He is more interested in you than in what you do for him. I had already experienced a time in my life when I couldn't play the guitar because of a serious hand injury. And I had lived through a season of silence where I lost my voice and couldn't speak or sing for close to two months. Times like these felt like direct threats to what I thought made me important to God and to the world. I had been in places where my direction apps quit working and I wondered, God, what is the plan? And ironically, those were the very moments when I felt God closest to me. Those were the times when he was working to bring me back to him. Those were the blue couch kind of moments that God used to remind me that no matter where I went, my home was with him. You know, there are few things quite as fun as being out on the road with my band, worshiping God and playing music for people. I couldn't have dreamed of a better life, even better than playing baseball. But no matter how profound those moments are, my favorite times are always when that bus rolls back into my hometown in Nashville. My favorite moments are when I get back to my own front door and I get to hug my girls again. The best part of navigation is always coming home. Maybe through all the worry and anxiety in today's world about what God wants us to do, we should start with the truth that he stays with us through every twist and turn. He's with us on every back road, and he's with us when we think our GPS apps are failing us. Maybe when we talk about God's plan for our lives, we aren't talking about a playbook that's written out with strategies or some map that we have to follow turn by turn. And maybe the reason we are designed so uniquely is that we are God's plan. And if God always stays with the plan, then we can know that just like he stayed with Joseph, he will stay with us. Maybe each of us has one specific and unique part to play in his work to redeem the whole world. And what if that part is simply to embrace God's love? Maybe the greatest part of God's plan for your life is to make sure that no matter where your story takes you, in the end, you know that he loves you. I think God has no more important plan than to make sure you get back home to him. Thanks for letting me share a chapter of the book, The God Who Stays With You. I hope that is an encouragement to you today. Boy, I sure would love it if you'd pick up a copy, and if you haven't already, and, and read the other chapters too. This book, as you can tell, comes straight from my heart. It means a lot to me. It's, it's my story. It's my heart and my soul. 
poured out on these pages, uh, being honest about a season where I was really struggling with my faith and God was bringing me back to the basics and back to square one and reminding me how much he loves me and the plan that he has for me. And so if that sounds like a message that could encourage you at the beginning of this year, I hope you'll go ahead and you can uh, go to the God who stays, uh, com. I think is the website, or just go to MatthewWest.com. Or you know what? You can get it at Amazon or Audible if you like audiobooks, whatever. Also at my ministry, Pop We, we're on a mission to get this book into um, prisons all around the country. And uh, any donations you can make at popwe.org, you can help pay it forward. I love that. When I read a book that speaks to me, I want somebody else to have that book in their hands too. So if you've already read this book, share it with somebody else or help us get the book into the hands of some people who really need it. So uh, thanks so much for letting me share with you. And uh, let's move on with the rest of the show. Hey, now it's time for songs from the story house. Today's song from the story house is from the new record that's coming out in February. The record's called My Story, Your Glory, and uh, this is one of the early tracks that I released because, well, I love it so much. And uh, you're going to get to hear, the other day I had some friends over to the studio and I shared the heart behind some of the songs. And so here's the heart behind the song, While I Can. If today was my last day, call my mom out of the blue. Take the time to say the words I seldom do I'd leave my suitcase in the closet And tell the world it'll have to wait Then I'd take my little girl on an ice cream day What am I waiting for? It ain't like I'm gonna live forever I don't wanna miss it anymore from now on, it's now or never I'm gonna hold on to what matters And let the rest slip through my hands What I would do is what I will do while I can I bring home baby's favorite flowers Leave my work outside the door and we laugh about how we both forgot We were mad at each other for I'd let go of all my grudges Make the choice to just forgive Spend the rest of my time free From all this hate and bitterness So what am I waiting for? It ain't like I'm gonna live forever I don't wanna miss it anymore from now on, it's now or never I'm gonna hold on to what matters And let the rest slip through my hands What I would do is what I will do while I can If today was my last day And it was almost time to go I'd pick up that old Bible And I'd put down my phone I'd watch the steam rise from my coffee And the sunrise in the sky And I'd thank the Lord for one more chance To try and get it right 
What am I waiting for? It ain't like I'm gonna live forever. I don't wanna miss it anymore. So from now on, it's now or never. I'm gonna hold on to what matters and let the rest live through my hands. What I would do is what I will do while I can. What I would do is what I will do while I can. He's my dad, and he gives good advice. And that's why the last segment of today's show is called Dad Vice. He's even got his own theme song. Let's hear that now. He is my dad, and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Dad, thanks for joining me. Uh, we are into the, the deep, deep winter called January. Yes. In the year of 2023. So we need you... Everybody listening is counting on you to give us some encouragement because uh, when the days are shorter, everybody gets tired. We're trying to start the year off strong, but we can feel weak in a hurry. So we need some good dad advice to get pumped up uh, for the year ahead. All right. I have some good dad advice today. I want to encourage you to trust God to provide in 2023. Philippians 4.19, but my God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ. Jesus. Now, you may be starting this new year struggling in many ways, maybe struggling financially. You may not feel like you have your needs met. Maybe you are facing loss or illness. Here are just some of the prayer requests that have come in lately. Please pray for me. I need a job. My son-in-law has been laid off for months. We need a place to live. I'm struggling with herniated disc disease and have not worked for several months. What are all those needs about? They're about needs. And uh, the Bible says that God will supply all of our needs. We are a needy people. Here are two things that we need to stand upon uh, as we begin this new year. One, he already knows what you need. Psalm 139.4, even before there is a word on my tongue, O Lord, you know it all. He already knows our need. Secondly, he has already promised to supply our needs. Psalm 37.25, I love David's psalm here. I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. My dad advice today is that no matter what lack we might face in the coming year, God already knows it. Don't give in to becoming anxious, fearful, or discouraged. Paul reminds us to put our trust in God. And I like what Max Licato said, God meets our needs daily, not weekly or annually. He will give you what you need when it is needed. Trust God to provide your needs right now. That's awesome, Dad. Thanks for the encouragement. All right. Thank you. All right, that's our show for today. I want to thank my dad for joining me as well. Our ministry is called Pop We, if we can serve you in any way. Gosh, you know, I sure would love for you to sign up at popwe.org to receive a weekly email devotional. It's a free gift from us to you. Every Thursday, you're going to get an email with some devotional thoughts, just as a reminder to spend some time with Jesus every single day. Nothing's more important than that, right? And uh, thanks so much for following along. I hope you've enjoyed joining me for The God Who Stays. Again, this is a big season here 
uh, big season with new music coming out in February. My Story, Your Glory, a 22-song album, two different themes. The My Story is is me making my records the way I do, telling my stories and the stories of other people's lives. And then Your Glory is a worship album, and I can't wait to share it with you. So get ready. You can uh, pre-order that at MatthewWest.com. You can pre-save it at all the digital sites, wherever you stream music. There's several songs already out, Me on Your Mind, While I Can, several others. Wonderful life. Go check them out. I hope you guys will get ready, get pumped, get excited. And then I want to see you on the road starting February 23rd. We're going to be doing 32 cities across this country on uh, the My Story, Your Glory tour with special guest Mac Powell. Go to MatthewWest.com for your tickets. All right. Sorry for the sales plug. I'm just so excited, and I don't want you to miss all these cool things happening. Make the most of the one shot you get in this life, my friends. It's your story for his glory. See you next week. Seriously, I, I, I do.